Money FM 89.3. Best of drive time. Money FM 89.3. Good evening. It is now time for Market View. I'm Elliot Danker together with Chua Tian Tian. Today, we will be focusing a bit on property, ABSD, as well as REITs. But first, a recap mm. of how we started the day. Right. So Singapore shares fell this morning despite gains in global markets overnight. So in early trade, the SDI was down 0.1% to 3,279 points. Some 89 million securities changed hands in the broader market. Now, off to the closing numbers. The STI closed down 0.35%. We are looking at around 3,270 points. In terms of value turnover, that's 1.08 billion Sing dollars. The gainers outnumbered losers 308 versus 208. Top advances for today, New Incorporation USD, AMSGD and Southern Packaging. Top decliners, UOB, Propnex and GMHUSD. In terms of companies to watch, we do have Singtel because Singtel announced yesterday that it will be combining its consumer and enterprise business in Singapore into a singular operating company from June. Meanwhile, property stocks continue to be in focus. Investors considering mulling the impact of latest hikes and additional buyers stamp duty ABSD on home buyers. Not to mention, we saw a number of REITs reporting their distribution per unit figures for the latest quarter ended March. So, as you can imagine, quite a lot of things to watch. And joining us on a Friday is Benjamin Goh, Head of Research and Investor Education at Sias Ben. Welcome to the show. Hey, hi, guys. Hey, so Ben, let's start with the usuals. How has the STI closed for the week? Uh, not good. STI is down about 1.54% for the week um, compared to regional stock exchanges as well as the US, kind of a mixed bag. Uh, I think this is probably a reflection of the current earnings season. So globally speaking, uh, or if you take the US as an example, uh, companies have reported uh, better than expected numbers, but of course the analyst expectations were the way down. Uh, so I guess uh, we're still trying to find out whether that is good news or whether it's not so bad news. Uh, and again, uh, we have a long weekend coming up as well as the FOMC yeah. meeting next week. So I think taking some money off the table is, uh, I guess, uh, not unexpected. Mm. And the regular question you always get, uh, your opinion on the top movers of the day. Mm. So today, the uh, biggest decline is actually UOB, uh, down 3.06%. Uh, so this is the second trading session in which you will be inclined, uh, and I think this is really the aftermath of the uh, UOB's recently announced earnings. Um, so in a nutshell, UOB had actually reported better uh, net income compared to analyst consensus. Um, but again, depending on which analyst you speak to, the reported net interest margin fees and underlying costs were either in line or not as good as uh, expected. But again, you know, different analysts, again, it's like reading a TV. So. Um, I think what's happening here is that it's not a blowout stellar set of numbers. So I think investors are perhaps voting at their feet, taking some okay. risks off again as we head into the long weekend. All right. Right. So let's zoom in on some of the companies to watch, Ben. I understand you mentioned UOB, uh, but let's turn our attention to Singtel. It announced mm. yesterday that it will be combining this consumer and enterprise business in Singapore. Now, analysts told our sister publication, The Business Times, that it could be a first step to monetize higher-valued infrastructure assets. What do they mean by this? And could we see more cost savings from this merger? Yeah, sure. So I think some synergies in the restructuring can be expected. 
So you have got differences in the products being sold in the two uh, separate business units. But if you think about it at a very, you know, very layman terms, a very basic level, you have got voice, mobile, broadband, uh, and the underlying technologies and infrastructure driving them, right? But these are things which are common across all the different units. So it kind of makes sense to combine them into the streamlined operations. Um, there is the newly announced digital infra call. Um, so this one is to house Intel's data centers, subsea cable, and mm. uh, satellite carrier businesses, oh, as well as its uh, 5G compute and, and cloud platforms. Um, now, these are the kind of uh, new wave products that are expected to drive Singtel's growth. Um, so, it, again, it does make sense to put all these things together under one roof. And I guess looking forward, if this you know unit performs well, um, then Singtel can consider whether or not they want to do a separate IPO for this or to find a strategic partner, um, perhaps as a joint venture partner. And that's where you, know, you have got additional shares of value being unlocked. Uh, ben, let's talk about the news of the week. ABSD announcements. Uh, what are you seeing as far as property stocks' reaction so far? It's a mixed bag. Now, if you compare <laughs> the stock prices for a couple of the property developers uh, versus, let's say, two days ago, um, within this two-day period, uh, CD development is down uh, 5.7%. You've got Guaco Land, Bukit Sambong Estates. Uh, they are also both down at 1.85% and 1% respectively. Uh, the odd man out appears to be Oxley Holdings. Mm. Share price is holding steady unchanged compared to two days back. Um, I think the general um, picture here is that investor sentiment appears to be skittish. Uh, upward revision of ABSB is uh, perhaps perceived as additional headwind on top of inflation and uh, concerns about economic growth. Um, but if you think about it, the changes to the ABSB is not is not surprising, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of news flow about cost of housing, both to own and to rent. So I think the government hitting the pause button is uh, it's something they've done before, so it's part of the cost. Okay. Mm, okay. If you're just tuning in, we are now in conversation with Benjamin Go, Head of Research and Investor Education at SIAS. And Ben, this question just off the top of my head, could we mm. see more investors moving away from residential property stocks, property developers and into S-REITs, particularly those focused on commercial and retail properties, given the uh, DPU figures we've seen so far for S-REITs like CDL Hospitality Trust, Far East Hospitality Trust and etc. It seems to be rather healthy, right, for DPU? Mm. Um, I think my answer would be it's a definite maybe. (laughs) (laughs) The the challenge for S-REITs that the uh, equity securities are stocks, right? So the price movements for all these companies are correlated with the broader stock market. Uh, obviously, not as risky as financial uh, stocks uh, like DBS, UB, and sort of technology stocks, but again, highly correlated with the broader uh, movement of the STI index. So, you know, to put it in a different way, right, there is price mm-hmm. risk when investors invest in SREs. So in, in return for taking price risk, investors get to enjoy a steady and consistent distribution, so between 4 to 5%. Mm. Um, but there are alternatives. So if, if, let's say, we were to invest in the Singapore Savings Bond, right? I'll just, I just looked up the number. That you can mm. get a return of between 3 to 3.2%, depending mm. on whether you hold it for one year or way to 10 years. Now, this is essentially risk-free, right? Because it's the Singapore Savings Bond. So it comes down to... Uh, whether or not the extra 1% or 2% uh, by investing in S-REITs, the distribution, 
is it worth the amount of additional risk that investors would need to buy by actually entering the stock market? Mm. Now, that said, uh, prices of SREITs can go down. They can also go up, obviously. So mm. there is a potential capital gains. So the question here that uh, investors will need to consider carefully is, is the potential for capital gains and the extra 1% or 2% in uh, distribution, is that worth the risk, additional uh, risk, compared to just investing in a very straight risk-free single savings bond? Mm. And elsewhere, Ben, let's take a look at some of the headlines around the world. Amazon shares searched uh, as the company reported there a profit of 3.2 billion US dollars. And the net income was actually $1 billion more than analysts had expected. Uh, that said, it is still laying off workers. So how should we be reading into all of these? Well, at first brush, the uh, first quarter results uh, showed really broad-based strength. Uh, you have sales and profit margins both surpassing consensus, uh, consensus estimates, I beg your pardon. Um, so it is actually quite interesting to see that the sales growth uh, reported by Amazon of 16% uh, was actually a full 2% better than analyst consensus. That is that's really impressive, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Amazon is obviously facing some headwinds. Uh, so, unfortunately, the recession has not been cancelled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is still on track for the second half. Uh, we are already seeing slowing uh, consumer enterprise spending. Uh, I think going forward, uh, mm-hmm. in the near term, we're going to have some impact on the Amazon web services and cloud yeah. services growth. Okay. Uh, and now, Mm. Amazon is, of course, uh, cutting jobs. Uh, but if you look at analyst consensus, it shows that a whopping 90% of analysts do have a buy recommendation at Amazon. Uh, and, of course, the upside potential for the stock price itself is at 20% compared to last night's price. So it's still a good uh, consideration uh, for addition to your portfolio. Hmm. And let's uh, wrap up the conversation by talking about this very rich man. Uh, his wealth sought over $10 billion, US dollars, that is. Mm-hmm. Meta's founder, Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, that is apparently his third biggest jump on record because Meta shares were up 14% after its earnings. Now, key to note, Meta reported revenue growth of just 3% after three straight periods of declines. Growth was unexpected but subdued. So do you think mm. investors are overreacting? Mm, very rich man. Can't be talking about me, I suppose. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Meta has been trying to transit into the metaverse. Uh, has not been easy. Um, now, if you were to look at the current version of metaverse, it is not really compelling. Uh, does not have a mass appeal. So this is going to take time. Mm. Um, so in the meanwhile, uh, Mr. Zuckerberg has embarked on internal restructuring. Uh, redundancies have been uh, a huge uh, factor as to why they are beating their numbers. Mm. Um, but if we were to look at Meta's uh, latest earnings report, or rather before Meta's learning, uh, latest earnings report was announced, the consensus target price for Meta was $245 US per share. Uh, mm. And we were, if we were to compare the price, last night it was $238 per share. Mm. Uh, that means even after the price jump, right, it was still below the consensus target price prior to the good results. Um, so, you know, from that perspective, it does look like the price action is simply just catching up to the consensus uh, estimates, consensus recommendations. Uh, but obviously, it's been uh, about 24 hours. So the mm. more hardworking research analysts have already updated the recommendations. Uh, Meta's consensus target price has now been revised upwards to uh, US dollar, $261 per share. Mm. 
Hmm. Uh, so it's always a moving target, but uh, at first blush, does not look as though it's an investor overreaction. Um, it does. Uh, the narrative is that Meta is getting a handle on its cost structure and is going to be well placed to uh, reiterate on its metaverse uh, product offering. Mm. But uh, Ben, just a quick follow-up, because I was looking mm-hmm. at the CNBC report saying that uh, over the past few months, I believe from November till now, shares were up 170%, even though growth during this period was virtually uh, nothing. To what extent was that due to optimism over uh, Mark Zuckerberg's narrative of this year being a year of efficiency then? Well, that's a good question. I guess the lackluster performance in the last few quarters, the investors were basically looking for a good narrative to sing their teeth in. Mm. Um, and again, it does make sense. I mean, it's fair to say that uh, restructuring is going to take time. The current version of Metaverse is not great. We have avatars running around without their legs. That was a huge thing on the internet. Uh, not impressive, not a good thing to see. But uh, I guess investors really love the story that um, they are working hard on it and cost structure is high, but they're getting a handle on it and the next version will be good. So I think mm-hmm. people are basically buying into the future state of uh, you know Mark Zuckerberg's vision rather than what you have currently. Mm. Uh, this is, again, not unsurprising. We've seen this happen in Amazon when yeah. you know, early days, in Tesla just a few years back. Um, I guess uh, there's a lot of um, you know people banking on hope. Yeah, and speaking of Tesla, the prices of its Model Y, Model 3 always mm-hmm. change. Uh, well, uh, that's all for today. And thanks a lot, Benjamin. <laughs> that was Ben Go, Head of Research and Investor Education at SIAS. And let's not hold you back from Friday weekend. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.